The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. He replied to him, Friend, who appointed me as your judge and arbiter? He then said to the crowd, Take care to guard against all greed, for though one may be rich, one's life does not consist in possessions. Then he told them a parable. There, is a rich, there was a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest. He asked himself, What shall I do? For I do not have space to store my harvest. And he said, This is what I shall do. I shall tear down my barns and build larger ones. There I shall store all my grain and other goods, and I shall say to myself, Now as for you, you, are so, you have so many good things stored up for so many years. Eat, rest, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool! This night your life will be demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? Thus will it be for all who store up treasure for themselves, but are not rich in what matters to God. The Gospel of the Lord. In my family, I have two older brothers and one younger sister. I would say by almost all accounts, I am an oddity in my family. Oddity in many different ways. One of the ways, though, is my my oldest brother was very good at spending money. He worked at a bikes and boards shop, and I think he had to pay them more than he ever actually got from them, you know. we, we lived not far from a Walmart, and every single time that he went up to Walmart, of course, he came back with no money, and I would go up to look for something, and I would always come back with the money, because I just, like, couldn't get myself to spend it. Like, well, it's not quite, you know, enough. I would save suckers and other Halloween candy for our summer road trips. Yeah, it's just like I'd pull out a bag of candy. Where'd you get that? From Halloween? No. Um, so, in, in all accounts, I was kind of a, a saver in that way. I kind of had that mentality. And when I started looking at, well, what am I going to do in, in high, out of high school or whatnot, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. And so, I, I chose the most cost-effective method. I had somebody else pay for it, uh, the U.S. Navy, and I went to the Naval Academy in Annapolis. It's a great school, didn't have to pay for it, right? Kind of set for it after that, you know, have five years of service, decent pay. And then I kind of looked at it as I kind of got there of like, well, let's see, you know, I, I want to be wealthy, right? That's, that's the happy life. I want to be happy. And so I'll build up a, a nice nest egg and hopefully I can retire early, right? And as I started getting in there, I started to see in different ways where I could actually do that. Um, I started playing with the stock market and there was actually one time where my parents lent me $1,000 to kind of start to practice a little bit. And uh, I took $200 of that and made almost $3,000 in a week. And had just kind of figured out a, a little trick with puts and shots, if you, or whatever, shoots and puts and calls, uh, however you do it, I don't even remember anymore. But uh, made this huge amount of money in one week. 
And I remember that week, you know, I was just kind of like amazed because I was like, well, now I'm good, right? Now I'm set for life. Now I'm secure. I don't have to worry about money. But the funny thing is, is that 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 week was one of the worst weeks of my life because all that I could think about was money. The only thing that I thought about when I went to class was the stock market. All I could think about when I went to church was money. The only thing I could think about when talking with friends was about what I needed to do. And all of a sudden it became, instead of a thing that freed me, right, to be able to live life, instead became the very thing that stopped me from being able to live life. An interesting thing, kind of in the exact opposite of what we expect. I started to think about it a little bit more and I actually stopped the stocks. I was like, that is not good. It was, for me, an experience of hell in some ways. Where you get exactly what you want, but the very thing that you want is the very thing that kills you. If it's not God. If you make something else God that's not God. Security, money, different possessions. And so... I got out of the stock market and was like, I need to take a break from this. I need to evaluate life a little bit. And I started thinking about it. And I thought, well, what about if I do get a great retirement and I'm able to retire early? What about if I work really hard to be able to do that? I started looking around me and I saw people who were very successful. But I also realized that those very people who were very successful were the very people who were the most unhappy who, when they retired, had no idea what to do in retirement. I realized as well that if I retired, I could die the very next day, right? Well, then what would be the point? Do all that work for nothing. And so I started to kind of evaluate and started to say, well, I need to actually start thinking about today. Now, thankfully, I didn't go... Now, a lot of people talk about the millennial generation, which I'm a part of, and we don't like certain things about the millennial generation, right? We're not like the previous generations. But one thing that I really like about the millennial generations is that we've actually figured out that possessions aren't happiness. If you look at most statistics of millennials, there's a lot of minimalist, different movements and everything else, realizing that that possessions aren't what makes you happy, right? If you get a bigger house, then you have to take more care of a bigger house, right? If you get a boat, well, then you gotta take care of the boat and you spend more time working on the boat than you do actually out in it, right? Uh, And the millennial generation has kind of figured this out to a certain degree. But I would say that unfortunately, the millennial generation, even though that it's figured out that possessions aren't what makes you happy, they've instead shifted to think that experiences is what makes you happy. That if I go on the right vacation, if I'm in the right place, if I experience the right thing, that'll make me happy. And instead of possessions being God, it's experience that makes you God. Thankfully for me, I was in a Christian community, I was in a Catholic community that started to challenge me in certain ways. And so my understanding didn't go straight to experiences. Oh, possessions, money, security, that's not happiness. But thankfully, it didn't go straight to experiences. Certainly, I think I still had that temptation in many ways, right? As as security as well. But we realized that experiences aren't either. Now, we hear in Scripture, basically, this played out through God's Word. We have the first reading, which is from the Old Testament. 
Traditionally, this is from Kohilith, who is supposed to be the spokesman or kind of the talker for King Solomon. King Solomon is the son of King David, and he was given this great wisdom, and he had more money, more power, more women than any other kingdom before him. He had so much money, so many goods, that he had to actually tear down his barns and build larger ones in order to fit it all. Now, but at the end of his life, what does he say about all of that wealth, all of that power, all of that pleasure, all of those things? He says, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. All is nothing. What's the point of this all? What is the point? I've gotten everything that I want, and yet there's something still missing. I think American culture understands this perhaps more than others, right? If you're aware of it, I look out at the American culture, and we've got more than we could have ever wanted, right? We've got more convenience than we could have ever wanted. We have more opportunity for recreation and boats and four-wheelers and being able to go out hunting and fishing and being able to do all of these things, and yet we're more unhappy than we've ever been. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What's the point of this all? Jesus enters into this conversation as well. I hope that you heard in some ways a similarity of his parable as what the first reading was talking about, right? This building up of like, look at how good it is. And Jesus is very clear to say here, in the Jewish culture, if you were blessed with material goods, then you were blessed by God. And I think sometimes as Christians, we also have the same idea. Look at how blessed the United States is. Look at how wealthy they are. Well, that's not how we see whether God has blessed the United States or not. Jesus is clear in his preaching and in his talking that we do not believe in the prosperity gospel. That you're, you, if God loves you, if you love God, that you'll be prosperous in the world. In fact, we see in very many ways that Jesus became poor uh, and that we are called to follow in his poverty. And that it's actually in poverty that we actually see the greatest joy in the human living. And so he contradicts that of this person who says, tell my brother, share his inheritance, right? Don't you care about me? Don't you care about my prosperity? Don't you care about my basic needs, the things that are rightfully mine? And Jesus reminds him, life is not those possessions. Don't make an idol of greed. Those are not what make life. St. Paul today reminds us. Now, I would say... So within the American culture, it's interesting that even though that we have all of these things, we have these barns so large that we need to build more barns, right? How many storage units have popped up, right? Because we need more space to, to keep our stuff. But yet, how unhappy, suicide is still extremely high and continues to rise. Well, why? We have everything that we would want, why is it not there? Well, because we've made an idol out of greed. We've made an idol out of the things of this world. Not that the things of this world are bad. But when we make them God, 
they're going to fail us. They're going to fail us because they aren't God. And so St. Paul in the second reminds us that Christ is all in all. The world is vanity of vanities, all is vanity, all is nothing. Right? Nothing satisfies us completely. But St. Paul reminds us, Christ is all in all. Suicide today in our modern culture is extremely high, especially in affluent areas, in rich areas. Why? Because there's no purpose to this world. If you look at it, we live, we die. What, what's the point of it all? You can make certain arguments of purpose, of doing good within the world, of you know, maybe having your name remembered in different ways, right? But ultimately, it's purposeless. It's meaningless. But with God, we have purpose. We have meaning. Whenever we think about the cross of Christ, we should not despair and say, well, what's the point of this all? of this suffering, of this difficulty, of this veil of tears, but instead be able to say, wow, there's meaning. God is here. There is something more. There is a purpose, not only to the past and the future, but this present moment, wherever you are. And I pray that you might see that purpose and meaning not in the vanities of this world and become distraught, but instead put your rock in God. And allow Christ to be all in all. That way, you can truly enjoy the things of this world in their proper context. In their way that they're meant to be enjoyed, but not idols. To be there, but not take us away from God. Not take us away from charity of other people, but instead be a tool that God uses to raise us up to Him in a greater way. We come here every Sunday to remember that. We enter into prayer every day to remind ourselves that there is something more in this world. Not all is vanity. And Christ gives meaning to it all. And so may we, as Jesus says, be rich So thus it will be for all who store up their treasure for themselves, but are not rich in what matters to God. May we not store up our treasures of this world, but instead be rich and store up our treasures in what matters to God. And it's in that that we will actually find our life's meaning, the way that God made us, and the joy and happiness that we seek after so strongly in this life in all the wrong ways.